welcome to episode 20 of Arden Run Club. I'm Tommy, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by one of my favorite runners from the Northeast. He's a passionate run junkie, he's a running shoe fanatic, and he ran 70 half marathons in 2020. We've got so much to get into today, into today man. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Jamie Wright. Yeah. <laughs> She's Tommy, how are you? <laughs> Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It'd be better if it wasn't locked down and if we weren't all isolating or whatever. But it's yeah, we've just gotta gotta get through it. We'll get through it. Gonna get way. through it. Hopefully not too much longer. Um yeah. but yeah, just gonna get through it. Yeah. But yeah, bro, 70 half marathons last year. Plus an ultra marathon, Tommy. Come on, don't forget that. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. All right. What? No, okay, let's start with those half marathons. What actually spurred that on? So, well, the half marathon challenge, so that came about, um, so in August of 2019, I, I lost one of my best friends to suicide. It was um, a, a really tragic end to a very young life. And it, it sort of hit um, hit us all really hard, friends and family of, uh, of, of my friends. So um, for me, the way that I managed to get through that whole grieving process was to to run so I, I sort of ran a bit anyway but nothing major um in, in terms of mileage per week or whatever but I just found during that period September through to the end of last year I was just running more and more and that's when away from the distractions of daily life I was enabling myself to think about what had happened process all of my thoughts really come to terms with and start to start start to get to terms and get to grips with what had happened um just while I was running so again busy work life busy family life and it was just getting away from that stepping away from it for an hour or two at a time and just processing all of the thoughts that I otherwise wasn't allowing myself to do um so the running really helped me at the end of last year and as we got towards the end of 2019 heading into 2020 I was just thinking of what could I do in order to give a little something back or hopefully give something a bit more positive out of a really negative situation? So using my running, I decided to raise some funds and awareness for the campaign against living miserably, which are a charity that helps Anthony's family and friends through their sort of grieving process. So I set up a Just Giving page. I set about um, what I thought was a really sort of uh, a really big challenge of running at least 60 half marathons in the year. So averaging a little over one per week. Um, and then once I hit mid-December, I, I hit the 60 goal and decided to see, right, at, at that point, my resilience and, and what have you had sort of built up and I was able to run kind of more on consecutive days um, and just thought, yeah, let's just push and see how many we can squeeze in in, in the last two weeks and, and manage to, an extra 10 to hit. 70 so so yeah so there we go that's the, the backstory to the 70 half marathons but yeah I mean at the start of the year it seemed like this impossible goal yeah. um yeah. and come the end of the year I was just a bit good I didn't shoot for 100. <laughs> that's so inspirational and I love that there's a deeper meaning behind it um more yeah. than just running more than just pushing yourself that's something I actually love about sports in general because I know that we a lot of the time like we athletes we compete to win and we compete to show off our skills but when there's something deeper when there's a bigger passion burning deeper inside 
and that story comes out, that's the influence and that's the inspiration that impacts more people. And you're doing a really good job with that, Jamie. So thank you so much. Yeah. And I think it's it, 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 does, it puts more meaning into the runs as well. So every single one of those long runs, I was thinking more and more about Anthony. So every time, every single time I was out there, mm. it had that deep meaning and that it carried me through those runs. So the days when it's hailstoning sideways and or, or raining up, <laughs> into your eyeballs <laughs> those yeah. days where you just you kind of knuckle down and just get through it because the, you've got this this deeper meaning that's sort of powering you through it it's, um yeah that's it awesome it's it quite intense at times but it was yeah it was a good chat did you manage to stay motivated each of those 70 mornings when you woke up and went for the runs most of them <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has their off days. So there are days when you wake up yeah. and you just think, I'm not feeling it today. But you know what? As soon as you take that first step out of the door and you start running, that just sort of goes away. Um, and I just find it's just a, it's a bit of escape from, from the daily grind. And yet when the alarm clock goes off at half past five, probably the last thing you want to do is to get up and lace up if you can hear rain battering against the bedroom window. But yeah. once you're out there... It's usually those runs where they are the hardest, if it's slippy, icy, snowy, whatever. Mm. It's those ones where once you've got it done, actually you feel the most benefit from it. You feel the most, the greatest sense of achievement. 99% mm. of people just wouldn't bother. They would just turn over, switch the alarm yeah. clock off, snuggle up and go back to bed. But if you get it done, then, uh, then yeah, you feel better for it, guaranteed. That's amazing, yeah. And so... What was your fastest time out of all of those half marathons you did? So my fastest, so I did a, a half marathon time trial at the, I think it was a, around about the beginning of December. Um, and it was one hour, 19 minutes and 18 seconds. So that was the first time that I've managed to break the one hour 20 mark, which had been a, I mean, one hour 30 had been a milestone for, for such a long time. And yeah. I, I, I broke that at the end of 2019. Um, and I was sitting at one hour 21 uh, at the start from the start of this year from April time. And I just mm. thought while I was still in the midst of these regular half marathons, I would just give it a bit of a push and see where I was where I was sitting at. So, yeah, found myself a nice, fairly flat route and, just, nice. uh, yeah, and pushed and just target of just getting under 120 and managed. Yeah. So happy with that. Yeah. And so, like, you mentioned, obviously, that you run in the morning, right? Do you find that tougher? Because I don't know about you, but when I was running in the morning, in the mornings, I would wake up and I wouldn't be able to go on a really long run. I would save my long runs for, like, I don't know, four in the afternoon on a Saturday because, yeah. obviously, you haven't eaten and you've just, you've just been asleep, so there's literally no energy, right? Or do you find it different? No, no, I find it exactly the same. So the biggest challenge for me is is was getting used to running fasted, basically. So what I do, I, I get up um, half past five, 20 to six. And I the first thing I do is I have a like a protein and oat shake. And that's just to get some calories in. And then I spend 25 to 30 minutes just doing some stretching and warming up in the house just to let the shake settle a little bit. And um, mm -hmm. And then just before I head out the door, I have a, a, a big mouth mouth of water, and then I then I set off. But getting used to running on zero calories, particularly for half marathons, it, it was a bit of a challenge, and it did take a little bit of the body getting used to it. 
But what I've found it now means is when I am wanting to push hard or push fast on an afternoon, for example, when I've been up and I've my body's sort of woken up and warmed up, that because I've sort of built the ability to run on zero calories almost, when I've got some calories behind me, I'm able to like sort of really push the pace and perform better. So I think by getting used to running yeah. with nothing, it, it, it's, it's made me a, a more competent runner later in the day. That's awesome, man. So what, how long have you been running for and what got you into running originally? So if I were to delve into the dim and distant past, back to my schoolboy days when I was 14. So I'm, I'm coming up to 36 now, so I'm not the young whippersnapper that I once was. <laughs> Um, but I, I went through periods where myself and a couple of friends used to spend Tuesday and Thursday evenings down at the local running track with a, a coach. And we just do some kind of really basic drills, intervals, speed sessions, that sort of thing. And every now and again, we'd go out for a couple of mile run. Um, it was nothing really serious, but I did enjoy it for a, a small amount of time. And then sort of GCSEs and teenage life just really got in the way and, I, I just sort of knocked it on the head until all the way into 2010 when um, I signed up for the Great North Run for, I, I don't even remember the reason why, it was just one of those things that I had on my bucket list. Yeah. An opportunity came up to run with a, a charity and um, and so I signed up and I, to be honest, I didn't really do any training. I think I did a couple of miles here and there, one 10 mile run and then jumped into it and crossed the finish line with the words, I'm never going to do anything as stupid <laughs> as that again. So it was it was just something that I never envisaged. I'm never going to run another half marathon again in my life. Um, so, yeah, so I, I dropped it then until 2016. So another six years later, when I signed up again, something possessed me to sign up to the Great North Run once again. And this time I, again... Pretty much no training, but I did one half marathon as, as part of training on a trail. Um, it was slow, but I got through it and then um, and then ran the race on the day. And I think my time was, it was three seconds slower than my time in 2010, when all I wanted was to hit, is to beat six years prior. And I came in, I think it was one hour, 51 minutes and 14 seconds. Um, and in 2010, it was one fifty-one and 11 seconds. So I was wow. devastated. Um, and I think that was possibly the reason why I then signed up for uh, a Great North Run membership where you can you, you, you sort of pay a small fee and you skip the ballot for three years. So I signed up for that, guaranteed myself a place for 2017, 18 and 19. Um, in 2017, repeated old mistakes, didn't practice, didn't get any uh, training in really and did a 150. So I knocked a grand total of one minute off my time. Nice. Um, and then after the Great North Run in 2017, um, I did a, a, a charity thing. I got involved in a, a, a company um, who do protein porridges and stuff. Um, and I did a charity thing where I ran every day for November to uh, at least 5k a day, which at the time was just, I couldn't imagine as a non-runner covering the distance of five kilometers every day. Yeah. Um, and it was actually, it was during that month of November, 2017, where I really kind of got the bug. So 
I think my, my 5k times was something like um, sort of 25 minutes there or thereabouts. So um, right. not slow, not fast, but kind of average. And, and there was one day I, as part of one of my 5k's, I went to a park run and, um, and just pushed myself a little bit. And I think I came in at 21 minutes, something like that, which, nice. um, which, which suddenly felt like, oh, actually, I, I can kind of, I, I seem to be fairly okay at this. Um, and then as part of my minimum of 5k day, I did a 10k race, um, same route as Park Run in Newcastle. And yeah. I think I ran a 40, it might have been a 41 or a 42 minute um, wow. 10k, which, which just felt, yeah, insane that I'd managed to do that. And then off the back of that November challenge, I, uh, I just started running more. So when I finished the November challenge, I, I was injured. My hips and my knees just went. But right. as we got into 2018 and I kind of recovered from all of that, I just started to ramp up and, and run more often. And I was really active anyway, doing gym stuff, calisthenics, um, yeah, yeah. hip training, weight training. So a bit of everything. And I just started to incorporate a little bit more running uh, towards the end of 2018. And I think the Great North Run that year, I, I think I did a 134. Um, and then the following year in 2019, uh it was i think 132 or something i've been on pace to do a sub 130 and just blew up at mile 10 unfortunately but uh, yeah so um so yes yeah, awesome. so that got a whistle stop tour so it, it sort of started really i consider my running to have started or i got the bug at the end of 2017 and then just really ramped it up at the end of 2019 that's really cool man do you still go to the gym at all I, not really. So I, I used to go probably five or six times a week because um, the office where I work is next door to the gym that I was a member of. Um, mm. Unfortunately, I did have a home gym at one point and sold all of the equipment off at the beginning of March last year. <laughs> Lockdown happened the week after. So I was uh, stuck with no gym to go to because it was closed and no gym at home. No gym at home. Here. So, so it's been a while since I've done any strength and conditioning, really. So everything's just running at the moment. That's good. That's that's healthy so that's really good to hear man nice and i guess this question doesn't really appeal to like last year but do you compete much in the grand scheme of things not really so i always perform better when i'm on my own yeah. i i seem to when it gets to like races and things i i tend to just i i blow up so I, I think I put, whether it's because I put myself under too much pressure, um, obviously I haven't raced for over a year now because of, yeah. because of um, the obvious with the whole COVID thing. Not a proper race anyway. I did an ultra in October. Um, that I can't really consider that as a race. That was just a challenge just to complete the distance. But when it comes to running an actual race where you're on a start line and you're, you're competing against others, I seem to just, I, I put myself under so much pressure and um, to, because I, I feel like I'm capable of perhaps more than I ever was capable of in those times. And I just, I just set off like a, like a, 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 like a greyhound or something coming out of the traps. Like, and then I just blow yeah. up after a couple of miles. So um, I always preferred the training and the journey to the actual run or the, the destiny or the race or the destinations. Mm, so, interesting. I'd, I'm interested now to see, now that I've got a bit more discipline, I've got a bit more 
training behind me. I'm a bit fitter. I, I kind of understand running a bit more. I, I'm yeah. really keen to get out there and start doing some more races just to see how I am able to perform. Um, yeah. And if, if I'm as, as good as I hope I am at, uh, when it comes to actually racing against some other people, because I'm finding yeah. it racing against myself. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think a lot of the time, a lot of us will be like when we're racing or training by ourselves or running by ourselves, we don't push ourselves as hard as we could. But then when we're in a group or a race, you're pushing yourself even harder. But for you, you feel like you're that self-accountable that you can push yourself to as hard as you need to go by yourself. Well, I, d I don't know because I can't. I, I've, I've got no comparison really because I've never performed exactly how I wanted to in a race. So the okay. half marathon races that I've done, take the Great North Run, for example, mm. I've, I've had to stop before the end and I've stopped and I've walked and I've, I've got through the run, but I've never got through it running the whole lot because I, I get to mile 10 and then for whatever reason, I just, the, I, yeah, the, the all, mental yeah. battle gets lost and I ended up yeah the, the past few that I've done I've I've ended up walking from mile 10 to perhaps mile 11 and then on and off mm -hmm. walking for the remainder of it whereas when I go out on my own for a run and even the virtual Great North Run actually in 2020 I yeah. set off with a pace in mind and I, I blew up again mile 10 and really? I ended up just walking the remainder just to get the miles done because I just had no, I, 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 yeah, I didn't have the, the mental yeah. strength to get the remainder of it because at that point I'd lost the time that I was aiming for and I just figured uh, I'll cover the distance. So what, what does the time matter anymore? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that having practiced some pacing strategies and stuff and when I did my um, time trial in December and set off with a pace in mind, and held it and was really disciplined in it and completed the run, got the time that I wanted. Uh, I think I took some learning from that as actually it is a marathon and not a sprint. Don't go racing off the Literally. line like you've got yeah. nothing to lose because it'll come back to bite you after 10 miles or so. Yeah, that's really important to learn. I, I'm, <laughs> that same uh, virtual Great North Run, I did it as well, but I started walking at the end for other reasons. I just got so many blisters and it was just not... Right. It was not the one. <laughs> so that was my yeah. worst half marathon. But we're not here to talk about me anyway. We're, we're here to talk about you. So don't watch that. Um, just tell me tell me about then, like, what training is like for you then? So are you, you don't train in a group at all, then you're not part of a club or anything? No, so I, I really love the idea of training in a club. And I'd, I've been invited along to one or two runs with the, the local running club. But where I struggle is, um, is just the timings. So... Clubs tend to train on an evening um, yeah. and because of my kind of my work schedule um, and my family schedule and my wife's work schedule, I can't ever commit to, say, seven o'clock on a Thursday every week. Um, yeah. I just I could never do that. So the majority of the time, it's just me, myself and I at six in the morning out pounding the pavements um, mm. for a while. Uh, I do run with a, one or two friends every now and again. Um, used to be a Friday morning thing. We'd get together and we'd do a speed work and that sort of thing. But with the whole lockdown and, and all of that, I sort of put a stop to that as well. But yeah. I do miss running with people and I love the thought of running 
in a group and mm. i think it gives you that extra little bit of element of competition if you're running with um with other like-minded runners then you're going to push each other a little bit harder and a little bit further um yeah. so that that's what i would like from from a club but unfortunately i just can't yeah i can't squeeze it in no that's fair it's it's really impressive though that you managed to self-coach yourself and you managed to train yourself do you when you're choosing your sessions or your runs, do you have a plan going into the week or how do you go about doing it? No, no. The only plan I've got is to come up with a plan. <laughs> <laughs> the plan is, plan is find a plan. No, so the, yeah. the, my problem is um, I, I just kind of, I, it's, it's a time thing. I sort of, I struggle to find the time to really research what plan is best for me and to to stick right. to it so what i tend to do is say my weekly training will consist of probably somewhere between at the moment maybe 70 to 90 kilometers something like that and it tends to be one long run um a, a short run like a recovery run it might have a, an interval or some sort of speed session thrown in there and then a, a couple of easier middle distance runs. So it's nothing specific, but it, it is mixed up to an extent. So mixing up some long, slower runs uh, just for that endurance side, maybe a, a short, faster one just for that speed um, and some speed work for the, the speed endurance kind of stuff. And then everything else I try and keep fairly easy paced, just that sort of zone two type heart rate training just to build yeah. the, the foundation fitness. Awesome. So what do you think the, um, the reason for your times coming down is like, is it the consistency in training? Cause I've seen your, like you were saying, your five K's come down from 20, 25, 21 to down to like 17, your half marathon down from the one fifties down to one nineteen, And it, we can only assume it's just going to continue getting better, hopefully. So what do you think the, yeah, what do you think is the reason behind like dropping your half marathon 30 minutes? Yeah, I think so. The, the key thing for me is, is consistency of training. So, well, by consistency, I mean just getting up, getting it done, bagging the miles and and the consistency in terms of the, the number of miles per week. So not having sort of one really high mileage week and then two weeks off and then a mid mileage. So it was just... Yeah. building up through 2020 and my mileage was sort of creeping up probably by perhaps 10 percent per week um until i got into the 70 and 80 kilometers a week and then i was just consistently just churning those weeks out and i think that really built up my base fitness and my leg endurance mm. um and yeah when it comes to the reducing the pace uh, reducing the times of my say the 5k for example so as you said i've gone from 20 around 25 minutes a couple of years ago and i did a time trial in october i, I think and did 1655 and that Jeez. i think that is it's just getting getting used to my legs turning over at that so doing some speed sessions for example getting my legs used to running that fast but combining that with some longer runs and it's it sort of it gives me the mental position of thinking I know my legs can go that fast and I know I can run for a long time. So I can make my legs run fast for a short time. Let's just push and see, see what happens. Yeah. So all of this, uh, the consistency in terms of the training, but also kind of building a bit of a, a mental 
uh, strength and conditioning as well. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's really interesting that your perspective on it. And obviously you work hard, like 80 kilometers a week is no easy feat. And getting up early to run is no easy feat. So that paired with your consistency, of course, is yeah. doing wonders for you. It just makes sense. Can you um, maybe talk about your favorite run that you've been on? overall whether that's in a race probably won't be um or just by yourself um so favorite run so one one that really sticks in my mind i think is probably the ultra and so i did it was a 55 kilometer ultra it from newcastle so it started and finished locally it took me through some really nice scenic places throughout kind of Wylam and Gateshead and um, mm -hmm. Chopwell Woods and all of that sort of stuff. But it was, it was a bit of a big milestone for me because in the run up to that, the longest run that I'd ever done was 25 kilometers or 25.9, which just so happened to be on the day that Elliot Kipchoge did the one hour 59 and 40 seconds. Wait, so seconds, I decided... Yeah that afternoon that he did that, I went out and ran for one hour, 59 and 40 seconds, just to see how far I could go. Um, annoyingly, if I'd run an extra 300 meters, if I hadn't stopped to take so many photos on the route and ran an extra 300 meters, I'd have done 26.2 kilometers for his 26.2 oh miles. <laughs> but I didn't clock that until afterwards when I looked at my watch and thought, ah, anyway. So yeah, my longest run was 25.9 kilometers going into the, the 55K Ultra. And, it, it was just one of those runs where you kind of, you don't know if you're going to survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or if you are going to survive, if all of your limbs and stuff are going to remain intact when you get to mm -hmm. the end of it. And so every single step after 25.9 kilometers felt, I, I, just, I just knew and I was excited that this is now the longest I've run. And then a couple of steps later, I'd be like, now this is the longest I've ever run. <laughs> And actually, going into that, the first few miles, I was just getting past. People were just coming past me. And I was, yeah. I wasn't wanting to get disheartened because I just knew it's not about running fast. It's just about getting these miles done. Can you get through it? Yes or no? And that mm -hmm. was the challenge. And then suddenly I got to the marathon distance. So, um, yeah, we're at 26 miles of, I think it, it was about 34 miles or whatever I'm told. So I knew I had about eight miles left to go. And suddenly all these people that I was getting taken over by at the start, I was sort of reeling them in and I was passing them and those people laid up at the side of the road with injuries and things. And I was just thinking, oh, actually, hang on. I've paced myself. I've remained consistent. I've been taking energy on board in, in terms of like uh, energy bars and water and picking up little bits and pieces at the food stations. And, and yeah, I started to pass more and more people. And um, I think there was 108 finishers and I'd ended up coming 11th place, which I really had wow. surprised myself with. Um, and so that's a really memorable run, not only because I managed to complete the distance and run the whole way, but because I'd, I'd surpassed my expectations of, of that's how I formed on the day which um as i've sort of alluded to earlier i never do that in a race i always <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so that was quite that, that was quite cool to do that it was it was just one of those big big milestones of last year i think and and that's probably cool. of, of my running today that's awesome do you think you're going to do more ultras then 
So I'm signed up to do a 100-kilometer race to the Castle Ultra in June this year. So that'll be interesting. 100 kilometers. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> I think that it's not, it's, it's not the race that's wild. It's the training that I think where mm. that'll be make or break, I think, because it's all fair and well running 55K, I think, because particularly last year when I was covering off so many half marathons, I was doing consecutive days of half marathons. So I knew I had some leg strength and endurance. Yeah. If I had to run that 55K turn around and run almost all the way back to the start, I think I'd have been in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, no, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. in June. Or whether well, I'm going to take the start line at all. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it goes well. I'll be rooting for you for sure. Um, yeah. But I guess, yeah, what I'm interested in then is that you're, you know about your running gear, right? You know about all the shoes that you're supposed to wear, and we can get into that in a second. But just before we do, what were you wearing on, on that, um, that ultramarathon? What sort of shoes were you wearing? So I was wearing... and. It was in the run-up to this, actually, so a bit of the backstory is I was panicking about footwear. Mm -hmm. So in order to cover that kind of distance, you're going to need something cushioned, you're going to need something that is comfortable, and something Definitely. that's not going to give you blisters. So I have quite wide feet anyway, so I needed something wide, plenty of space so that toes or whatever aren't rubbing against the side. So um, I considered all of my road shoes, in the run-up to it, the weather forecast was just torrential rain for the entire day, which was absolutely perfect. Um, and so, yeah, I did panic. And then at the very last moment, I ordered a pair of Nike Pegasus Trail 2, which are okay. um, trail running shoe. They're big, they're heavy, but they've got soles this thick and they have quite a lot of grip. And the route that we were running is um, is partly road and partly woodland, partly shin deep in water. Um, and so there was a little bit of all kinds of terrain. So I picked those up. Um, I also put on some toe socks, which were key and fundamental to getting through that. Um, just because I, because my feet are quite wide, I have a tendency for my toes to rub together and get blisters. So I think a combination of getting through it was the, the trail socks and the, the toe socks that I had on. In, uh, sorry, the trail shoes. Trail and shoes the toe yeah, socks. And yeah the, the shoes did feel heavy, particularly towards the end, but they, they held up really well and they stayed pretty comfortable throughout. So, yeah, I was, um, I was thankful for not running in any of my road running <laughs> shoes just because yeah. the amount of mud that I'd picked up. And there was a few guys that I saw on the course who were just, they were walking with soles this thick of mud just in their, their shoes. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So what are your favourite road running shoes that you got then? It really depends on the run. Yeah. It depends on the run. And unfortunately, most of my shoes are downstairs. Otherwise, I'd do it <laughs> like... A... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I do have, I've got this he's sitting in the background i've got some lying around from um from snapping some photos of them earlier but i think yeah i think it really depends um, yeah so so this like, I, I do like to try a bit of everything when it comes to shoes mm -hmm. um and whether that's long run shoes whether it's kind of tempo shoes whether it's shoes that are good for intervals all rounders so 
just as good for long runs as slow or uh, short runs or, or whatever, but the racing shoes as well. So I think if I were to pick one shoe that's really grown on me over the course of the last, um, or when did I first pick them up? So I, I picked up a pair of these in uh, in July, yes. I think. So this is the Nike Alpha Fly Next Percent, which is also what this pair is. Yeah, it's a bit of a crazy shoe, and um, it's just one of those that takes a little bit of getting used to. But once you're really pushing the pace and running, and you're getting all of the crazy energy return that you get from a combination of these Zoom AirPods that they've got in the, the forefoot there, combined with the carbon fiber plate that they've got running throughout the uh, midsole, it's just such a crazy running sensation. Mm. Um, that yeah, it's it's just an experience, and so that's probably that's probably my favourite shoe at the moment. Um, yeah. If I if I had to pick one, but purely for for races or really super fast running days, um, there's a shoe called the Socony Endorphin Speed, which I shout and rave about on my uh, on yeah. my Instagram all the time because it's just it's the one that really surprised me last year. It was a brand that. It never really featured on my radar or anything before that and then yeah. suddenly there was a few good reviews went out and I managed to grab a pair and um on my I did a YouTube review about them and I think about three minutes in I just said oh, I'm in love <laughs> I think I'm in love <laughs> it was it was just it was one of those where my expectations I didn't have any expectations and I was just suddenly given this uh yeah, these exp this, uh, this, yeah. this experience it was just a really cool shoe to run in, and um, it's 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 proven really difficult to get a hold of another pair at the moment because it's so, become so popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, new colorways coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, I've seen yeah. some the US colorways and some of the European colorways and Asian mm. colorways. So fingers crossed. Um, although I did email Sockney earlier this week, and they've come back saying that they can't confirm. Or oh. I, I, did, I have tried to get hold of stuff <laughs> yeah that's awesome man yeah those, those shoes are really good did you ever try the endorphin pros i haven't no no so i mm. i didn't manage to get a pair of my size unfortunately so i'm a size 13 which is fairly big um so yeah exactly <laughs> as you can see by the size of these um <laughs> So trying to get a hold of popular shoes um, yeah. is quite difficult either because, so take Adidas, for example, they don't make some of their racing shoes. So the Adi Zero, Adio Pro, they just don't make yeah. it in a 13. They stop at the 12 and a half, um, oh. which is annoying because I'd love to give them a go, but a 12 and a yeah. half will just rip my toes to shreds, which is no good. Um, so... I did see a pair of 13s in the Endorphin Pro and I sat with them in my basket one night and thought, I'll get them in the morning. And I bet you can't guess what happened when I logged on in the morning to buy them. You got them? No, they weren't there anymore. <laughs> Somebody else had got them. So unfortunately, I haven't tried the Pro, but I'd really like to. And there are a few other sort of racing shoes that I'd like yeah. to give a go because the only ones I've really ran in so far aside from the alpha fly is the, the here's another one i prepared earlier is the, the vapor fly next percent which was sort of my first experience of running in a carbon fiber shoe yeah. um so there's a few others that i think 
where brands other than Nike have kind of brought their A game and started to really compete on those big race finish lines. So, um, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a few that I'm keen on trying if I can hopefully nice. get my hands on them. Do you do you only run in carbon plated shoes now, or do you? No, you no, I try. Way? I try not to run in carbon plated shoes um, unless okay. it's sort of race day. Or so I do have an old pair of Vaporfly that I dig out if I'm doing some really intense speed sessions. So once every few weeks, I'll I'll dig out a pair of carbon fiber shoes. But mm -hmm. um, I I try not to because I just think they they don't offer the stability and and proper support for like a daily running shoe. Um, yeah. So I do have so the endorphin speed, for example, by Socony that we were talking about earlier. Oh, of course, yeah. That's got a that's got a nylon plate in, which isn't quite as rigid as the the carbon fiber plate. So I do tend to run in that a little bit more for some longer runs and some interval sessions as well. Yeah. But if I can, then I'll avoid plated shoes altogether when it comes to daily training. That's cool. Another question around gear, I guess, is why do you have so much? Like, how many shoes do you actually have? Um, I think in my current rotation, so actually in use, and I'm tracking the number of miles on Strava, I think mm. I've got 13 pairs in, in rotation at the moment. I've got a few retired shoes that um, yeah. are sitting in that wardrobe behind me, and, and they're just sitting there because I... At some point, I want to put them on display as <laughs> a sort of a shoe museum or a shoeseum. Um, yeah, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I do tend to hold on to them. But I've, I've always had a bit of a thing about shoes and trainers. There was one yeah. day we were, we were having a bit of a clear out and dug all of the shoes out. I think I had 43 or 47 pairs of shoes kind of sitting in a pile. <laughs> um and that was before I started all this running. That was just... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Just yeah. for one pair of feet. Goodness me. Yeah. That's awesome. And aside from your running shoes, then, what's one piece of gear that you need to take on all your runs? It'll be my watch, I think, because yeah. I'm, I'm a data geek. So I like, mm. to, I, I like to be able to have constant feedback. Although... I am trying to do a lot more running based on perceived effort as opposed to being too restrictive right. with myself in terms of every metric that I've got. But I've been working a lot over the last few months on my running form. And so I like to have all of my running dynamics data that I'll review after a run and just see how I'm performing. For example, in terms of my left and right balance, I was having some issues where I was really favoring my right side um, and it stemmed back from an injury years ago, I think. And and listening to uh, there's a guy called Shane Benzie, who's a sort of a running coach and has, has got a book called The Lost Art of Running. And I'm currently listening to that for the second time. And I've applied a lot of learnings that I've picked up in that book and, mm. and applied it into my own running and really trying to focus on how, how my movement is translating then into kind of uh the stats so i love to have yeah. my watch with me so i can see after the run in particular how my balance has been what my vertical oscillation my stride length my cadence all of this sort of stuff because by applying all of my data geekiness and making <laughs> making little tweaks to how my 
my movement and how I'm visualizing my movement when I run, I've been able to kind of correct that left-right imbalance that I had previously. I've been able to improve my efficiency and my form. And as a result of that, I think I've, I've managed to become faster as well, or at least utilize less energy to run at the same speed as I was previously. Yeah. So yeah, just by kind of using the body's, what Shane calls the body's natural elasticity, I'm able to just run more effectively and more efficiently um, using what my body already has in it without having to work yeah. work to like even harder to uh, to push faster if that makes that's sense. huge which which brand of watch is it so this is koros um so it's the koros apex pro uh, mm -hmm. so i'm a brand ambassador for for koros so um i've been running with this watch since uh probably about october time um and it's been great i mean it's 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 this is probably overkill if it was just for running yeah. so it's got so many data points and metrics that you could have for multi-sports so it's got everything yeah. from like i don't know like nordic skiing to whatever else um but it, it's got kind of built in um like like blood oxygen monitor for mountain climbing just like all kinds of crazy stuff that wow. again i i don't necessarily need to use that but uh but it's a it's been a really cool watch and um and running power and stuff like that has been interesting to to see so yeah, yeah i've been testing it for the last few months and have been really impressed with it that's great man awesome and so if we look at if we try and focus on running again do you have any goals for this year so I think for this year, it was it was really quality over quantity. So last yeah. year, it was all about get out, clock up as many half marathons as possible, just get mm. the get them in the bag, um, regardless of whether you're tired or feeling good or, or whatever, it was just get them done, get them in there. Yeah. Whereas this year, I want to listen to my body a little bit more and slow things down. So my long run might not be a half marathon anymore. I might take longer, but do do 10 miles. So just slow the pace down and build those, those zone two miles up where I'm developing that aerobic fitness. And so, yeah, so still cover it a, a decent distance. So cover 10 miles, but cover it, add another 20 seconds per kilometer on, for example, and just slow yeah. it down use those miles to focus on form, focus on performance, focus on symmetry of movement, left side, right side, that sort of thing. But just, um, yeah, really focus on getting the quality of runs in over just getting as many miles as, squeezing as many miles yeah. in the uh, in the little time that I have spare in my life. Uh, yeah. So yeah, quality <laughs> over quantity and hopefully yeah. maybe score a few new PBs in the, in the mix as well. So I'd, yeah, I love the idea of, of following some kind of formal training program to perhaps improve my like the three key so that the five the 10 and the half marathon um mm -hmm. if i can improve those times over the course of this year by doing some well-structured speed training then that would be great too awesome and so as a student of running then where do you think that you need to improve at the moment i think it's 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 knowing when to do different kinds of run so at mm -hmm. the moment i sort of i've i've just kind of doing what i feel like doing 
So some days, so I, I said before that I'm probably doing a long run, I'm doing a session and I'm doing some easy runs. But am I doing them in the right order? Am I doing them with the right amount of break in between? So, um, uh, yeah, speed session, do I then have a rest day the next day? So those are the things that I don't, I don't yet know enough about. I'm starting to understand a lot about a lot more about my movement, but I don't know if I'm applying it to the right types of runs on the right days in order to gain like a, an improvement in in my race times over time. Yeah. So yeah, there'll there'll come a, a time when I need to probably stick to a formal training block of some description. Mm-hmm. I just need to understand, and I've never worked with a coach, but I do like the idea of it. Um, so perhaps working with someone to come up with, uh, right, my goal is um, I'm signed up to a half marathon in May, for example. So yeah. I might speak to somebody and come up with a training plan for that and and perhaps look at uh, look mm-hmm. at following that to the letter and just see actually uh, how, how far I can go and or how fast I can go if I follow some proper formal structured training. That's pretty cool, man. Now, 2020, how was that year for you? It was, I think, probably the same as 99% of the rest of the world. It was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, It was difficult. We were locked down for part of it. We're not able to see our friends. We're not able to see our families. We're not able to go out, go to the shops. So... Yeah, life was just very different last year and I think one of the key things that got me through it was that was still being able to run um, and get out and even at the times when we were allowed one bit of exercise a day it was yeah yeah, it was still a a bit of a godsend to just be able to get up get out there get that fresh air reset the mind for the day Um, so yeah it was a it was a bit of a challenging year but I think I came out of it probably with more mental resilience than I had going into it. I think we all yeah. did. Yeah. It, yeah. It was a tough old year, but we, we all got through it and we've, we've kind of come out. And I think because of, I think a lot of people took up running, for example, last year, yeah. so many gyms were closed. And um, if take my Instagram, for example, like in the summer, everybody suddenly took up running. And so my inbox was just constant of I've just started running uh yeah. how can I do this or how can I prove in that and it was it was great to see so many people just getting getting on with Honestly. running and getting out there and 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 just cracking on just for their own physical and mental health during what yeah. was essentially a really awful year yeah and so what sort of can you can you give anything to somebody that's listening that might need hope for 2021 I think well it, it depends what you mean by what do you mean by hope like just in the sense that we've come through 2020 and that wasn't a really good year and yeah. somebody that might be expecting just more of the same and just struggle well, I, I guess think, I think we've still got a long way to go before life is normal and whether yeah. normal is even the normal that we used to be used to I don't I'm yeah. not sure it'll ever be normal normal again yeah or the old normal i think the new normality is going to be yeah it's it's just going to be something that we're not even able to envisage yet until we get there Mm -hmm. i think 
knowing that we've got through this last 12 months and got through it and hopefully come out of it stronger, I think just take the learnings of what we've had since March last year yeah. um, and, and work out what, what motivates you and what, what de whether it's de-stressing or, or whatever, what, what have you, what tools have you managed to develop over the course of these last 10, 12 months um, yeah. and just use them to get through whatever we've got to go through before we get back to being able to see our friends and, and family yeah. and that kind of thing and interacting. And for me, it's the, the running played a really key part in that because it was my yeah. way of de-stressing and it was my way of thinking and again getting away from the distractions of daily life getting out there thinking not only about the, the stuff I was doing with the challenge and thinking about my, my friend who'd taken his life but also thinking about the challenges of how am I going to get through this next round of homeschooling whilst trying to pull down a full-time job or, or whatever it is find something that helps you get through that and um yeah and, and hold on to it and just keep consistent with it because we will get out of it. It's just, it's just a matter of how long it's going to take and hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later. Hopefully. Yeah, indeed. That's really good, man. That's really wise. Thank you for that encouragement. I'm sure a lot of people will, will appreciate that. And um, I've got one more question before we go into our fire round. I stopped calling it a quick fire round because it's never quick. Uh, but, <laughs> but that last question is, what have you learned about yourself through running? Um, what have I learned about myself? I think what I've learned is if I put my mind to something, then I can achieve it despite at the outset thinking that perhaps I won't achieve it. So if I go out there and I remain consistent every day, um, and just put the work in, regardless of how I'm feeling, just get it done, then I'm going to come out stronger than what I went in for. And more often than not, I'll end up surprising myself as well. So if, really we, good. Take, if we go back to, well, I think it was the 2018 Great North Run, um, talking to my brother-in-law, who was a, a fairly decent runner as well, and saying, I just can't dip below, oh, it was the 2017 Great North Run, I can't dip below one hour 50. And he said, we will get you a one hour 45 um, half marathon. And that at the time just seemed so unobtainable. And then what we, you fast forward a, a couple of years and managed to knock another 30 minutes off that time. So it's like, if, if yeah, if you want something, and you want it enough and you're willing to put in the effort and put in the consistency and turn up and get it done every day, mm -hmm. then you will, uh, yeah, you'll perform on often outperform. So I think that's, awesome. that's that, yeah, by applying myself, I think I've, I've managed to surprise myself in, um, in what I've been able to do. Brilliant, man. So inspirational. I love it. Okay. Now we're going into that quick fire round. Um, just a few <laughs> questions and, um, essentially yeah just a few quick questions you can answer them as quickly or in as much detail as you'd like and right. um yeah just yeah. just good to get some perspective so the first question i've got for you is what is a race that you've always wanted to run oh um 
a race that I've always wanted to run. I love the idea of going abroad to run a race. So something like mm. the Comrades Marathon or the some maybe one of the crazy ultras like the uh, UTMB or something like that, like Mont Blanc. So some, wow. something crazy where you would make, you would almost make a holiday out of it. It, nice. you would go, it would be this whole big the traveling and the turning yeah. up and just that whole the whole experience of not just the race itself but the the bookends either side of it as well mm. the, the whole the whole thing so something something big and major like that where it involves some kind of big international travel to some to somewhere with a race sandwiched in between yeah that's awesome just a side note on that actually have you are you interested in doing marathons so I've, I love the idea of giving one a go. I, I do. My, my issue is I would want to do it well, but in order to train to do it well, I just can't find the time to do the training. I'm, uh, I'm all for doing a half marathon before work. I'm not all for doing a marathon <laughs> before work. <laughs> yeah. Was that like yeah, a 3.30 a.m.? Yeah, yeah. I don't really fancy that. So I think... Maybe when my kids are a bit older, perhaps, mm -hmm. and I can maybe commit a, a, an evening or, or some evenings to do some proper formal training around it, I would just, I'd, I'd struggle with the, the the running life balance, I think, to, yeah, in order yeah. to perform how I would want to in a marathon. I, I think I'd, I'd be okay covering the distance at yeah. the moment, for example, but I'd, I wouldn't want to just cover the distance. I'd want to cover it fast. Yeah, smash it. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, what about a location that you've always wanted to run in? Um, probably similar to my answer to question one, something like 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 the UTMB and running through the mountains or round mountain, I think just That's hardcore. Somewhere, somewhere you've got picturesque, scenery and, and things in the background i mean you see all these, yeah. these videos of these ultras where there's snow peak mountains and stuff in the distance that i think would just be absolutely amazing to do awesome that. yeah that's awesome okay i know you're a road runner so we know the we know it's going to win this but can you rank cross country road and track out of what well, you would prefer doing to what you would not want to do so I haven't run on a track since I was 14. I love the idea of doing some track sessions and that's on my list for this year actually is to start trying to even once a month get down to a track and do some some sessions. Cross country so before the 2016 Great North Run all of my training for that was trails. So when I so the house that I live in at the moment there was a, there's a bridle path out the front, which leads to um, leads to some woodland, which is pretty much, I think it's one kilometre away. And so all of my runs, I'd be in trail shoes, I'd lace up, jump onto the bridle path and, and just run around the woods until I got bored. So all of my runs were sort of, were, were trail running, which I, I know is sort of, I don't know, a little bit like cross country, but, um, but I haven't done much in the way of off-road or trail running for the last four years. It's, it's, purely being road running and I do I do love road running because yeah I think trail running is so much fun and I do a lot of hiking a lot of like mountain climbing and, and wild camping and stuff like that and I love being out on the trails and going down fells and mountains mm. um, but 
I think there's just something that I love about road running and it might just be that trail running you've got to be on the ball all the time your eyes got to be on the floor because yeah, you'll true. go down a pothole or your ankle will snap on a tree root or something like that um so you've got to be constantly on the ball I like listening to audiobooks while I'm running so yeah um yeah there's there's probably fewer trip hazards out on the road uh Track running, I'd probably get bored of running round and round in a circle. I, I like to explore. So, <laughs> okay then. So yeah, so I think if I were to <laughs> run, I would go road, get out on the road, and then oh, I'd probably put track and trail together because I really want to try track because it, yeah. it's been that long since I since I ran a track and I love the idea of being able to run fast without yeah. all the gradient to contend with or road crossings and all of that to really push hard mm. and push fast just to see um see how I can cover some of those distances but um I also do like the the muddiness and, and the fun of, of running over fields and hills and stuff yeah uh, all right then <laughs> okay um have you ever been injured yeah yeah so um about I think it was in November last year, I had a bit of a, a thing with my knee where at one point I wasn't sure I was going to get through the half marathon challenge. Um, when I was younger, I used to constantly have knee issues. Uh, it was just from, from sort of being a teenager and getting growing pains and my kneecaps never quite tracked in a straight line. They all sort of tracked off to the side and any running, I hyperextend ever so slightly and I think the combination, I'm thinking back years now to had hospital visits and all kinds and um, ultrasounds on my kneecaps, but my knee was kind of bending back on itself ever so slightly and the kneecap was tracking off center and the bottom of my kneecap was just kind of, I don't know, just rubbing away at the tendons and what have you underneath my kneecap and it just caused severe pain anytime that I tried to run. Um, I used to do a lot of BMXing as a kid and that movement of pedaling your feet and straightening your legs every time, it just, yeah, it just, the ligaments underneath my knees were just shot. Um, so when I started out running for the Great North Run in 2016, anytime I, I covered more than a couple of miles, it was, it was just agony. And I had constantly had knee braces and knee supports on trying to run. Jeez. It wasn't until... Um, I had the injury, I think in 2017, I went to see a, a physio and they gave me some knee strengthening exercises and, and exercises to try and get my knee, the balance of my muscle to the left and right of my knee in order to help my knee track in line with my foot. Um, and it was once I started applying those and doing strengthening and stretches and stuff like that, that I was then able to start running pain-free. Thankfully now, I think I've developed the muscles around my kneecap such that it's all, they're all kind of, they're, they're all right. Um, and, and holding everything where it needs to be and, and also give me enough strength in my knee and in my legs to, to, to be able to continue to run mainly pain-free every now and again, I'll get a, a, a little injury. I might, I rolled my ankle a few days ago and I've just got a little bit of a pain along the outside of my, um, mm. my left calf, which has just caused me a little bit of frustration so yeah they, they do they do pop up every now and again but it's it's mainly as a result of something like 
I said I, I rolled my ankle in a, in a pothole and that's just caused a little bit of a, a niggle. Yeah. Okay, fair. Well, that's good that you mainly injury-free. That's good. Mainly yeah. injury-free. I'm surprised that I managed to get through the majority of 2020 without any major incidents. Yeah. The knee issue in November, looking back at it, I'd, I'd taken the kids to like a rock climbing wall and I sort of was racing somebody one of the staff from the leisure center um and i just i lost my footing and really whacked my knee on one of the little, uh, the little yeah things and uh, and bashed my knee and then ran on it a few days later and it wasn't quite right and then i just kept running on it and it seemed to get worse so yeah oh. well Hopefully it doesn't get any worse now. <laughs> oh, it's been fine now. Yeah, yeah, it's good again now. That's good. Okay, next question: What's your favourite race that you've seen? Um, favourite race I've seen. So, I, it's it's probably something like. I, I love the buzz of things like the the hundred meter races, and yes. So there's, there's sort of a few from perhaps the, oh gosh, the, probably the 2012 Olympics in, in London. Yes. Where it's on home turf and, and you're yeah. watching kind of the best from around the world competing. It, but really exciting race for all of like, what, nine seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, there's not one specific race that springs to mind. There's a few that kind of keep keep turning up every now and again you know when you scroll through the likes of instagram and you come yeah you come like and there's i think it's um there's the it's the great north run it's the final 200 meters or something of the great north run and mo farah yeah. and uh, beckley are literally yeah, like yeah. down and farah just can't quite get to the line it, yeah down. or he's left it just too late before he like he pushed for that his final um mm. his final push so those are ones that can sort of get my get my blood going a little bit. Yeah. Um, not a race, but probably one of the most emotional ones that I watched was when Kipchoge broke the two hour the the, the two hour marathon barrier. So yeah. I sat and watched the full one hour fifty nine minutes and forty seconds of that, and it was it was albeit it was very kind of it was scientifically set up, and it was it wasn't a natural setting. But it was still amazing to see just how much work had gone into it. And I, yeah. I just found it fascinating to see that someone was able to sustain that pace and for the, the duration of that run. It was just crazy. Yeah. And then you go out and run 25.9. Yeah. 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 Short there we go. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, who's your favorite athlete? Um, I probably don't have one. No. So the thing, so the thing is, is I don't, I don't watch a lot of sport, so I don't no. follow a great deal of, of 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 anything really. I've never been into football. I've never been into anything. So yeah, I I run quite a lot, but I don't really follow like running or or athletics. Mm. I enjoy it when I manage to catch it, but between the hours of sort of eight o'clock when I get in from my run and ten o'clock when I go to bed. There's no time for for watching anything. Yeah. It's like, like boom, work life, and then dinner time comes. It's boom, family life, and yeah, then yeah. if you're in bed, it's it's like right, tidy this place up because it's upside <laughs> down. 
and then yeah. get up and start all again. So I've never, I've never been a huge sort of watcher of, of sports and stuff. And I, I, yeah, I appreciate the athletics when it's on. And I come around and yeah, watch yeah. it. And I love watching Farah run because it's just, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's yeah, he's obviously running for us. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's quite, quite spectacular to watch his movement and stuff as well. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I've got a favourite athlete. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I think you kind of answered this one earlier, but what's your favourite running shoe? Yeah, I think we, like, you did answer this. I think, yeah, it's got to be, and this, it's so linking back into what we have just been discussing about the 159.40, because this is the colourway that yeah. we ran, ran in. It in. Yeah. I picked up, and I'm not sure that I'm going to possibly be able to run in these ever because I can't imagine this colorway is going to last very long. Um, nah. Anything other than perfect, sunny, nice conditions outside. So whether I actually ever run in these will remain to be seen. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's, it, it's an insane looking shoe, but it's probably one of those, uh, yeah, one of those ones that you've got to run in it to believe it. And as a result of that, it's yeah. probably one of my favorites. That's awesome. Okay. What about your favourite book? I touched on it earlier. It's The Lost oh, Art of Running. I, I, yeah. I've just taken so much from that um, when it mm -hmm. comes to running. So, like I said, when I'm, when I'm out running on a morning, I yeah. listen, listen to audiobooks. Um, it's the only... I would never get a chance to sit down and read a book at all. I just don't have time in the day. So... I, I I call it learn while I burn. So I like to uh, nice. stick an audio book on, long run, just listening. And I've been through probably the majority of the running books out there. And I, I do take a genuine interest in applying like the theories and stuff that I'm listening to and mm -hmm. making tweaks to my running form and stuff. So um, I came across Shane Benzie's book, The Lost Art of Running, uh, yeah. a couple of months ago, listened to it, applied everything that I've been listening to um, and Shane and I have been chatting and and all kinds and like it, he's a really cool guy and he's just been offering like little bits of advice and, and stuff cool. like that which is again applying his concepts of, of how to improve running form and I've just found loads of improvements in my left right balance and in my performance yeah. in my that sort of thing so I'm just making my way back through it for a second time. It's um, and it's just a, if you're interested in learning about movement, mm. uh, the body's ability to move while you run, then it's it's just a really good one to listen to. That's the one, yeah, awesome. Hang on there, Already, got yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm guessing you don't have much time to watch TV. No, not much. Nah. Have you got anything from the past that's your favourite show or your favourite movie? Uh, probably not. I mean, every now and again, we'll get an, an opportunity to binge watch a series. And I do like sort yeah. of drama, like police drama type stuff. But it's just, it's so few and far between that I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge yeah. fan of TV. I just... Um, no, fair. That, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, what else? What else? Okay. Finally, have you got any hidden talents? Ooh, um, hidden talents. Did I mention that I ran 70 half marathons last year? Is that a hidden talent? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hidden talent. Um, so I can do this with my ear. Wait, 
Oh, it's what, what the heck? That's so weird. <laughs> Where my ears aren't cool enough. <laughs> I can pull my ear inside out and it usually stays, but it's not it's not cool enough. Um <laughs> I, I can I can I can solve a Rubik's Cube quicker than Elliot Kipchoge can run a kilometer. How about that? Fair. That's not bad. That's really not bad. Okay. I'll rate that. That's cool. Nice. Okay. <laughs> if I had one here, I would demonstrate, but it's downstairs. Yeah. Okay. No, I believe you. It's all right. I believe you. Okay. <laughs> cool, man. And I guess actually this is the final question. Is there anyone you want to see next on this podcast? Oh. Um... So interestingly, I, I noticed that you'd spoken to Chris Parr recently. Yeah. Um, so I know he's he's a local athlete. And some of the times and stuff that he posts are just insane. Crazy. I chatted yeah. to him uh, through, we sort of got, I'm not entirely sure how we came in touch, but through Instagram and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, so um, so who would I like to see interviewed on here? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll keep it local. We'll keep it someone from the northeast again. That's what that's what we seem to be doing. But that's fair. Yeah. There's a lot of people to choose from. If I think of anyone, I'll give you a shout. Um, yes, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what, what, what about Matt Rees? Have you, have you ever spoken to Matt Rees? So the, I haven't the spoken to Matt Rees. I haven't. So he sort of hit hit, um, hit the headlines when he hit the, the London Marathon when... There's a guy, you'll have probably seen the clips where there's a, there's a guy really struggling with 200 metres to go and somebody kind of comes along, a, a mm. runner comes turns the corner, grabs hold of him and sort of carries this guy to the finish line and yeah. just sort of says goodbye to his own personal best or whatever and helps this guy just finish the race. And, and that's yeah. Matt, he's the Welsh runner um, on YouTube and Instagram. And we've, we've exchanged a couple of chats here and there, but yeah, he's, uh, he's a pretty yeah. good runner. He's pretty fast as well. That's a shout. Okay, I'll reach out to him. We can set something up. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Um, it's yeah, been it's so fun. good to talk to you. And you've given plenty of advice um, for everybody listening who wants to get good, who wants to really improve their running and take it to another level. And you do that so much as well on your Instagram, just keeping up the with the daily updates um, of your training, with your, yeah. your, your split times and all your gear as well um so thank you so much for joining me um and i just want to give you a big shout out i want everybody to follow jamie on instagram his instagram is at jamies.running and you yeah you'll see all his training you'll see all his shoes i'm telling you he's got loads and honestly you'll just be generally inspired so that's that's a big one to follow please my guys I appreciate that. that's all good any last words jamie anything you want to say to cap it off no, no, just to say thanks. I've really enjoyed it. It was good to catch up. I know we've sort of been in touch on and off for what the last it's been nearly a year since I set up my uh, yeah. Instagram page. So, so, um, so yeah. yeah, it was nice to have a proper chat and I uh, appreciate you, you having me along and um, and just have me rant at you for the last hour or so. I know I, once I get going, I just get a bit overexcited and just like to talk. Man, I fully enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to when we can talk again for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, I guess to wrap this up, guys, I just want to remind everybody listening, follow at Ardent Run Club on Instagram and at This Is Ardent on all social media for updates on this podcast and 
our new running socks that we just released for all you avid runners. Um, and subscribe to Ardent Run Club on Spotify, iTunes, and other platforms of choice so you can be the first to know when the new episode is out. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 20 with Jamie Wright. I hope you've learned something. I hope you've been inspired and I hope you find your fire. See you next time. Thank you.